in to mother the incredible, emotional, and life-changing transformation we take when we go on our journey into motherhood. From all things conception to postpartum and parenthood, I will be talking with parents and hearing their stories of navigating these times while sharing helpful information along the way. Together, we'll be covering all stories, no matter how you have chosen to conceive, birth, or parent. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Maiden to Mother Journey. I'm Kendall, your podcast host, and today we have a very special guest. We have Shari Lyons from Belly to Birth. Shari, how are you going? Hello, lovely. I'm doing so well. I'm freezing, but I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. It is very it's cold. cold here today, but um, <laughs> no, it was so beautiful to see your uh, Instagram message pop up and, you know, for me to see that you are now so inspired to create a space and this podcast to share your journey and and that with other women so i think it's beautiful you've come become a part of the movement that i'm so passionate about so congratulations Absolutely. on that thank you so much you're definitely i think your course is and for most of my listeners who listen week in week out your Belly to birth is mentioned a lot in the podcast and I did share it in detail um, through my birth and doing your hypnobirthing course certainly awakened myself and my husband to what birth should be like and what it can be like for many women. So, yeah, right back at you. What you do is amazing. And it is a very an awakening experience. You know, it's... I would have said in class, like, not only are you birthing a baby, but you're also birthing yourself into being a mother. And that's a huge transformational experience for not, not, I mean, not just for us, but even for our partners, like also birthing themselves into becoming a dad or it's, it is, it changes you like birth changes you and it opens your eyes to possibilities or things that you do want or don't want or maybe things that you feel like you need to learn more of and unless someone has told you uh, which you would hope a lot of people you know would tell you like the main things you should know but it just isn't like that so that's what this journey of self it's a self-discovery journey and it's never ending no it's I'm 12 years into being a mom and I'm still (laughs) having to learn you know so it is very awakening and yeah um, yeah so I mean I'm excited to share with you after I gave birth I was like why the fuck are we not talking about this like this is it was life-changing for me and I know it's life-changing for so many women and having the beautiful experience and you're a you're a big part of that you know I thank you a lot because the tools that you gave me to get through my birth I you know I credit that to everything I learned in your course and stuff like that so I definitely want that for other women (laughs) yeah and that's why I mean 12 years ago I was the same you know I'm not a midwife I'm not medically trained I never had any um experience in birth um Um, It was through my own awakening and transformational experience that I came out of it saying the exact same thing. (laughs) Why the fuck are we not told this? Like, and we need to share this information. So that's why I just felt so called to do the work to become a hypnobirthing practitioner. And yeah, I've been teaching now for over 10 years and it, it is I you know on reflection I think holy shit like I it it just fills me up so much to kind of hear that what I shared has impacted you so much and then now you're sharing as well like because it, this is a movement like we are the change and if we don't start talking about it more if we don't start sharing and empowering each other um things won't change and We've got a long way to go, but, you know, it's obviously happening because yeah. there's, it's that ripple effect and and my practitioner had that it, that impact on me and then I went on to do her training and and now here you are with this podcast and, and sharing. So we're, we're all working together towards the greater outcome, I think. Mm, it's amazing. Go us. Go us. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to start off by... I'm hearing a little bit about your journey from maiden to mother. I guess this is what inspired you to lead you down this track of becoming one of Australia's leading hypnobirthing instructors. Can you tell us a little bit about what your family planning was like and how that unfolded? Um, Yeah, there was none. 
There was no. not any family planning <laughs> whatsoever. To be honest, Kendall, I was not a maternal person. I was, I just, growing up, I was like, I just want to like live the most fun life and travel. Like my passion was traveling and I was uh, fortunate enough to meet my now husband and he wanted to do the same. And we just set off when I was about 22 years old, just traveling the world for three and a half years, living in the UK and Canada and just having the best time ever with no cares in the world. And I wanted to get married. I was like, mate, we've been together five years. Like, come on, you got to put a ring on it, like, soon. Um, but I was never really – I think I knew I would have children, but I never had a desire, like, I need to become a mother. Like, yeah. And that may sound very selfish to some, but I just was like – I was 25 years old and I'm like, nah, you know, I've got time. I've got – I'm, like, happy to wait till I'm, like, 30. I wanted to – uh, we came home from being in Canada and I wanted to get married. Like we were buying our, we sold our, our townhouse unit to then buy a house. So we were living with mum and dad to try and save money. And then, yeah, we had, um, you know, a night at my husband's um, footy presentation, <laughs> too many, few too many champagnes. And yeah, then two weeks later, I peed on a stick and just went, holy fuck. <laughs> what I'm not ready for this I'm like no this cannot be and I and that and look any I I, I want to just put it out there too to any you know hope that's not a trigger to to anyone who is trying for a baby and wants to to pee on that stick and see those two lines but my story was was not like that and mm. so I there was no planning and I had never thought about giving birth really like I just was like nope don't want to think about it that's just too much for me to to handle right now. And then I, when I got that pre like confirmation, that pregnancy test, I was like, right, we've got nine months to figure it out. And it was, I had huge anxiety about birth. And I think that's maybe also why I didn't want to have children because I was so scared of giving birth. I hated hospitals. Hospitals to me represented like, you know, something really wrong with you and death. You know, I just remember mm. going and seeing people who were really, really sick and then they died, like my grandparents. And that for me was just like, no, I don't like the feeling of hospitals. I don't like that. And so I you know, I couldn't even watch any of those medical shows. I would like cringe at anything medical and blood and all of that stuff. And I had a huge fear of needles and yeah, I just, um, I was terrified really. And I, I wanted to stick my head in the sand about it. But even though, you know, obviously once the, the shock of falling pregnant kind of wore off, you know, after a few weeks, I was like, right, this is this baby has chosen me for a reason. And like, I, I am a spiritual person, but I'm not like hippie woo woo. Like mm. I, you know, I do believe in, you know, divine timing and that everything happens when it should. And I was, I'd always trusted the universe to guide me through my life and it has never done me wrong. And I've always had that, that connection spiritually and so I was like right this I had to kind of shift my shock into okay this is the journey now I'm on and I'm going to this baby has chosen me and yes I'm terrified but there was something there was again I think an intuitive connection to my inner self that was screaming at me saying like you're not flawed. Like you can do this. You just need to learn how, like, trust me. And I, I allowed that voice to, I guess, be heard. And so I started to ask questions. Um, and that's really what I'm all about. I'm like, if you don't know something, we need to ask the questions. And I then was asking or had, you know, colleagues I was working with, cause I worked at a health retreat. So they were more, um, natural minded, you know, I worked with um, just, uh, you know, a lot of different practitioners and I had one of my colleagues in my office mention hypnobirthing to me and I was like, what? Hypno what? I'm like, what is someone in there <laughs> hypnotizing you? And she's like, no, it's just kind of 
through breath work and like relaxation techniques and kind of bringing yourself into a state of relaxed focus. And I'm like, okay, look, I'm a bit skeptical skeptical about the whole hypnosis thing because I didn't really understand it. But I then started to ask questions and go, okay, well, look, I think she was the only person that had ever given me any positive advice. Like everyone else was like, yeah, Shaz, you're not going to be able to do this. Like just get the epidural or book in for that cesarean or, and I'm like, "Uh, hell no. I had a huge fear of needles. There was no way I was going to book in for an elective cesarean knowing my fear of like hospitals and theaters and, you know, all of that stuff. So I looked into it and I found um, Melissa Spilstead. So she's the director of Hypnobirthing Australia. At the time, she taught the American program, though. So it is a bit different to what you learnt and what I taught you, Kendall. But I, um, I did like look into it. I looked. I kind of read, and it was honestly the birth stories. Yeah. Um, the birth stories is what really kind of intrigued me to want to learn more, and so. It was through other women sharing their positive stories that I was like, right, I need to do this. I need something because I don't want to go through the pain of birth, but then I don't want that epidural because I had such a fear of the needles. And so I I didn't have to drag my husband along. My husband's a very supportive guy and he's very grounded for me, but he he was like, how much is it going to cost? Because, <laughs> like, we, we've been travelling for four years. We had no money. We're living with mum and dad. And yeah do you really need to do this? It was like $550 and that was 12 years ago. Um, it was around that 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 price and he's like, do you really need this? Like we can't really afford it. And I'm like, Damien, like I need something. Like we need something. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not about the material things for the baby. Like I'm happy to get my cot like secondhand. I'll do whatever I like to save money. But this, I, I think we need this. And so I think he saw my fear and was like look okay we'll we'll make it work and so we saved up we did our course around i think it was around 25 or 26 weeks and look it was i was just hooked within the first session i my whole perception of birth changed from fear into excitement and like Looking forward to it yeah, like and again we walked out of our first session going why the hell have has my midwife not explained this to me in this way? Why does the GP not explain it to me? Like they don't tell you this stuff. No. And it's I just don't get it. And so we did the course and then I was really committed. I was like, right, I'm going to do this. Like I I even became um, friends with the two other, uh, we became friends with the two other couples that were in our class um, and the other two mums and I would like organize practice nights and we'd go over to like one of the mums house and we'd do a meditation together and we'd just talk about things and share, which I really like liked having that support of other like-minded mums as well. Because and anyone else I mentioned hypnobirthing to, it was like they would laugh or they would like they just were like, oh, Yeah. God. Especially twelve years ago. Yeah, it's nowhere near as popular as it is now. Yeah. It wasn't, um, you know, it. so, yeah, I did the course. I was really committed. I did the homework. Um, I went into spontaneous labour at 39 weeks and was my labour with Harley was, um, it was longer, but I was expecting that because I'd been, you know, been told, look, you know, first labours can be a bit more of a marathon and, just stay at home and these are the techniques and so we did that and I was really chilled actually really chilled at home and it it did ramp up um and then we went up went into the hospital and I definitely had a few crisis of confidence moments where I was like I can't do this like this is too much like you know and you have those doubts and my husband was just that loving support and that rock for me that without his love and support and him knowing how to support me, um, I probably would have had the drugs. Mm. Um, And, yeah, like it it was intense. It was powerful. I had moments, but I did it. And that moment where Damien received Harley and then they brought Harley like through my legs because I was on the bed leaning forward, Uh, I just, I think I was in shock even for the fact that I did do it. Like there's this moment of going, 
holy fuck, I just, I just did that. I just birthed this baby and had this baby in my arms and it was just like, I need to do this again. <laughs> like I could do yeah. this Like, oh, look, it maybe it wasn't the first thought, but I was like, we literally drove out of the hospital three hours later after having him and, and um, I'm like, my husband looked at me and he was just like, holy shit, what just happened? Like, wow. Like, he's like, you were amazing. And I was just on this high, like, oh gosh, it's 12 years later. What am I like? And I'm still on this high from this, this transformational experience. Um, you know, there definitely were things and moments though, that, that, um, yeah, when, when I teach now, I, just in regards to the the system, like the medical system, and I didn't realize that, you know, there were things that happened in my birth that I 10 years later look back on and go, that probably shouldn't have happened. And I shouldn't have been spoken to in that way. I didn't, I don't, I don't put that on my birth and go, okay, well, that was a traumatic experience for me. But it's taken me even years of processing my own birth, even though it was really beautiful and positive, of realising and going, yeah, wow, I was actually um, not heard in that moment and I it could I could have asked for this. And, and so that that's why for my second baby I ended up having a home birth with her. Um, because was, of those, like because well, of being in that. Yeah, look, I look. I think for my first baby, I I don't think I would have had the confidence to have a home birth because yeah. I didn't have the knowledge that I I did after that. But there was definitely, yeah, and like moments which this is kind of why it's so important that we share this information in going like it, you know we do have a really good medical system here in Australia and it and it's you know we get can get free care and things like that, but there was it's taken me even years after the birth to go, wow, like I could have had another option, but it was never given to me. Yeah. Um, you know, just in regards to vaginal examinations, um, also in regards to birthing my placenta. Um, and I talk a lot, a lot about this actually in my own podcast. Um, you know, the, the fight, flight, freeze or appease or fawn response that, that we as women can go into and, and, I never thought that I did do that, but it was un like it's unpacking still now 12 years later going, wow, I actually did have moments where I was spoken to quite abruptly in birth and was told, no, I couldn't have that preference. And because, you know, my midwife was the medical professional, I I didn't then ask any further questions. It was like her way or, or, not, or no way mm. kind of thing. And, and it, it's yeah, and and that's where what I'm passionate about, also sharing. Yeah, it's one of my one of my favorite sayings that I can relate to is a woman will remember how she was made to feel during labor for the rest of her life. Yeah, yeah, and that's because I can really relate to that, and it's yeah. the, one of the most vulnerable positions you can be in and to oh. be you know spoken down to or you know all you need during that time is to be loved and to, options to be presented to you or you know you don't yeah I just yeah I well, agree I mean, with being passionate about sharing the information to women because if they don't know that there are other options available like they're just going to go with what they're told Exactly. And I think that's that's also kind of where unfortunately our system is very broken in many, many ways in regards to that. And, you know, it, yeah, if you don't know your options, you don't have any. And I didn't know I had any other options. You know, I, I got into the hospital and I, I didn't end up having my known midwife, my M MGP midwife that I had had every appointment with through my pregnancy. It was her night off. And so we had to, you know, kind of detour off our, our map a little bit with that. And I was like, okay, it is what it is. I can't help the situation. I then came back into what I could control and that was the, the techniques that I had, had learned. But when I got into the hospital, you know, I was told that they were having a very, very busy night. And so, you know, when we're kind of projected that onto you then kind of feel like oh well you know I don't want to hold you up in your job and what you have to do mm. um, and then so you start appeasing more and 
just due to fear of conflict and things like that. And I'm a very strong, outspoken person, like when I need to be, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm definitely not a pushover and I'm not someone, it's not, I don't go looking for conflict, that's for sure. But normally I'd be like, if someone speaks to me, you know, in a tone or inappropriately, I'm not scared to call someone out. But yeah, you'll when- come out swinging if you're back into a corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I will always, you know, stand up for myself. Um, hmm. But in that vulnerable moment and my, you know, I was in labour and this midwife, you know, said to me, okay, I just need to um, check you now so I'll get you to lay on the bed. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. Like, so she wanted to do a vaginal examination because that's what they do. Mm. And it was it, it was never explained to me that it was my choice. I could decline if I didn't feel comfortable. You know, she didn't say, she didn't tell me what the benefits were, what the, the risks were, what the alternatives. It was like, you know, I'm busy. I need to check you. So let's get this done. And so I appeased and I'm, I conformed and, and I'm, you know, I wasn't comfortable with it. I definitely wasn't comfortable. I'd never even had a pap smear. And so to have someone I'd never met before telling me she was going to stick her fingers in in my vagina, that was quite an uncomfortable, uh, vulnerable moment for me, but I felt I couldn't say no because it's just what happens. You know, it's what they do. They mm. need to know. And I didn't know that you could say no. And so I appeased and fawned and 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 I guess just allowed her to do what she needed to do. Um, and so that was my first kind of moment. But in the moment, I didn't realise it was wrong. So I don't kind of look back on or in that moment feeling like I was violated or I was, um, I was, I don't look at it not positive, but now I look back and I'm like, that should not have happened. Like it yeah. shouldn't have happened to me. But I think it's so culturally acceptable that then, we justify it and go, well, it, you know, they need to do their job. And they, and I get it, they do, but I wasn't given any other option. So mm-hmm. that was the first, you know, moment. And I think that kind of then set the tone for the rest of, of my birth. And even though she wasn't hardly in the room, which I was happy with because she was busy um, and I was, you know, progressing and, you know, having moments, but my husband was there. Um, and then I think the next one was when I was actually pushing my baby out and I was trying to breathe him down using the techniques that I had learned. And she started to get very stern with me in saying, you know, I was trying to use my breath to push, but she was telling me the opposite and, and push. being very stern saying, no, hold your breath and push, hold your breath and push, Shari. And because she was just became such the more dominant voice, you know, and she made me feel like I was doing it wrong, you know, I then, again, I fawned, I listened, I I couldn't speak up. I mean, I shouldn't have to advocate for myself whilst no. I'm pushing the baby's head out, but um. And so that was my next kind of moment that, again, I was like, you know, you just kind of take it. But then I think the thing that really um, did upset me with my birth was after I'd had my baby, I'd had this beautiful, it, it was beautiful, it was natural, and I had him in my arms and I said to the midwife, you know, I want to birth my placenta naturally because I'd been taught in hypnobirthing that that was an option. And she just snapped at me and she said I don't have time to wait for your placenta and then injected the needle of syntocin and into my thigh and then pulled my placenta out and again I was you know it was like four o'clock in the morning I had been in labor for two days I was just so physically exhausted you know I had my baby and again I just I guess I I well I didn't have a choice she just did it Mm. um and so it was kind of weeks after that that I was like, I just was like, again, how I was spoken to was just like all I asked was for some time. Like I wasn't, do you know what I mean? And I, again, didn't realise I had the human right to do that. Yeah. What had happened to me um, shouldn't have happened because that's, I didn't give consent. I did not give consent, but she was busy and it was about her. And I know she probably was supporting other women. I know, but that, I mean, that's not my problem though. Do you know what Mm. I mean? And so that's where, again, I kind of like reflected and was like, like that shouldn't have happened. I want women to know about this. 
Um, and look, I was on a high from my birth. I did it. I did it. You know, I had this beautiful natural birth, but then she medicalized it. Yeah. And it it wasn't for a medical reason. Um, and that's why I then chose home birth for my second because I was like, you know what, for me to invest that, I think it cost me about three and a half thousand dollars to have a private midwife. Like that for me was an investment to have a known midwife. We'd had these conversations. I didn't have to go to a hospital because I don't like hospitals. Mm-hmm. And she, we had these conversations and she was going to be at my birth like that, you know, cause I'd had this midwife who I didn't know. So yeah, my, it, it then awakened me to then other other options and I never even knew women birthed at home. Um, I was like, gosh, like for my first baby, I would would have had a very um, narrow opinion about it in being like, oh, that's so unsafe because in our birth culture, we don't see home birth as normal and safe. You know, oh. in, it's 99% of women in Australia birth in a hospital. That's our culture here. We don't, we feel that we have to be in a hospital to be safe. And it's not always the case. It's not always, yes, there's absolutely a time and place for medical intervention, but we don't see or hear or, or we're not shared that birth is actually a natural physiological function of the body. Like we are not, this is the only time that we will actually go to a hospital when something, when nothing is actually wrong with us. Mm. Um, but we, that's why in our birth culture, we don't treat it as a physiological, normal functioning of the body. We treat it as pathology, which yeah. is something's wrong and it needs to be managed. And which is that- crazy. I actually remember, and this is so like awful of me to say but I remember being about 26 and seeing someone had given birth at home on Facebook and I remember showing it to Darren this was well before we were even thinking about becoming parents and I was going look at this who the hell would do that I didn't like why would they give birth at home that's so dangerous like that was because all we're shown I guess as women and society is women on movies like women are on their backs just screaming and it's awful and their legs are in the air and everyone's looking at Mm -hmm. their vagina that that was my idea of birth like you know um so I completely relate to what you're saying like but now I would look at home birth like 100% I would (laughs) that was probably the next option that I would go down if I had another one yeah yeah so yeah that led me down having I mean by that time though I was a practitioner too so I'd become like a full birth nerd because I (laughs) I, you know after having Harley I was just like I need to share this and this is again where I think you know the universe this was always my destiny like and without even realizing it the universe led me down this path and and the calling was just so strong I couldn't ignore it and even though the ego was telling me like, who's going to want to learn from you? Like you're just because you've done it doesn't make you an expert. And, and I still don't claim I'm no expert in birth. I'm just like passionate about our education. And because I wish that, I mean, I, I did go and source the, the information um, after it was shared to me, but um, I'm so glad I took that advice. And then it's just opened me up even more. And it's, again, it's just this, it's like just peeling back this onion of like all these layers of like information and there's still more, always more to learn. Um, But then, yeah, my home birth with Talia was just, oh, I just, I would do it again in a heartbeat. It Mm. honestly was the most, not just, I think because I had done it and I'm like, okay, you like, you can do it. This for me, for my daughter was such a, it was a more, um, I don't know, connective experience in myself, like just um, spiritually, like trusting my, like my body and inner guidance and, and just really making it a very beautiful connective experience. And I was just, you know, working with my baby and I could, it was just amazing. Like the hormones that were coming in and how much love I felt and support. And I was in my own space and, you know, I birthed her into water. You know, I had my sister with me and my, my husband and then just my midwife. And yeah, it was just, and I'm like, again, this is like, you don't think it could get better, but it it did. And it, again, just, I just was on this like mission to be like, I just want every woman to be able to walk out of their birth 
feeling like this. Mm. Um, and again, it's not, it's, I'm not saying it has to just be a natural birth though. Like you can have a beautiful, empowered, connective cesarean birth and a beautiful, empowered, connective induction birth. So the way that I approach this now as a practitioner is like, I don't, just because I've had two natural births using the techniques, I don't want any woman to feel that that's the expectation that you have to have a natural birth by doing hypnobirthing. It's not at all. Um, it's about you as a woman on this journey, unfolding yourself to the possibilities. And for some, that will be the confidence to say, no, I don't want the natural birth. I want to this is how I feel and this is what is right for me. And that may be having an epidural. It may be going, I, I don't feel safe waiting. I want to have this induction and let's make this the most beautiful connective induction. Mm, and and learning about that. the options that you can have rather than just going, okay, well, we're going to do it this way. Um, exactly. You know, trying different things. So for women or anyone listening who has never, ever heard about hypnobirthing before, mm. can you tell us what is hypnobirthing? I kind of wish it wasn't called hypnobirthing because <laughs> because there's such a uh, I don't know like this story that hypnosis is some kind of mind control and it's hippie and woo woo and there's going to be like swinging of pendulums and things like that and it's not that at all like I uh, it's really like the hypno part of hypnobirthing basically stands for like it's more of like a focus, right? So what do you want to focus on? Do you want to focus on the pain? Do you want to focus on everything that could go wrong? Because then that's exactly what your experience will be. Or can you focus on the techniques that I share, which is breath work and movement and, you know, getting the partners involved. And it's really, it's helping you prepare for a positive birth. And again, it's not about putting together just one expectation of one plan and that if nothing goes to plan, then you haven't hypnobirthed. Like it's not like that at all. It's it's really understanding all of the potential journeys and mapping out what those journeys could be with natural, with induction or cesarean, because you don't know how your birth is going to turn out. It's and that's hard for us to to not know what the outcome is going to be. But when like if you were to, it's just like, you know. If you look at a map and you're, you 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 want to go on a on advent on an adventure and go get to a destination, there could be quite a few journeys that you could take. And sometimes you could start a journey and may come to a fork in the road, but you've already considered that and gone, okay, well if we go this way, then this is now what what we you know the journey we want to take with this. Um, sometimes you can come to a roadblock and may have to kind of go back a little and then choose another another way. And that's kind of the way I like to describe it now when it comes to preparing for birth. That it's not just you're not just putting your eyes set on just one journey, but that there could be a multiple options with the journeys but it's understanding what those journeys look like uh if you do come to a roadblock how maybe you could back up a little bit and maybe fix the problem to, to then continue on the journey that you were hoping for or maybe you understand the option with taking that detour of, of intervention or induction or cesarean so it's it's really equipping you with the knowledge with tools and techniques, understanding the importance of being supported. So this is why it's so important for birth partners to learn this because a lot of the guys, they, no one tells them anything. No. But then they're expected to show up on this really quite, you know, massive day and then they don't know what to do, they don't know what's, what's normal, what's not, and so they – become quite you know scared about it and and won't speak up because they don't know so and that's my husband actually wanted to share this before mm. we did your hypnobirthing course my husband and I had learned a lot before going into your course so I was sort of like already had an idea of the way I wanted to birth but he yeah. was like I was like you know you're gonna have to advocate for me if we need to and he was like there's no way in hell that if a doctor comes in and says you need this I'm just gonna say okay and then after your course, that mm. completely flipped. 
he was like okay so this is what we're going to do with that and if i need if you want this and do you need an epidural at what time like where are we at like you know the conversation completely flipped yeah um so yeah. i just wanted to share that little story <laughs> and i think that's beautiful because you know he ha he finally had someone actually sharing this information in the way of seeing it in in a as a different perspective you know so that's again where i kind of there's this saying it's like change the way you think about birth and then the way you birth will change but it's not just for you but it's for anyone supporting you in the room again knowing the map and understanding the options and empowering themselves with questions so if they see that a suggestion is coming in that it is not what you had originally were hoping for then that's where they can go well hang on a minute that's not what kendall wants can we discuss are there any other options and let's discuss those options and then we are making the decision so that you both as a, as parents feel like you are a you are the driver of this experience and not a passenger of this journey and this is unfortunately where a lot of parents approach this experience with this, oh, you know, I'm just going to wing it. Like, you know, I don't want to know too much. And then they get in there and the system then becomes the driver. Mm -hmm. um, and we've got to understand that the we're birthing, if you're birthing in a hospital, we are birthing in a system. And a system and big organisations, they want to work effectively. And so they will want to manage you and, and manage staff and, they will want to keep you within, you know, what what they feel safe as well. And as much as you would hope and think that they would give you all the options, I hate to be the one to tell you, but they they won't because they will give you the options within their guidelines and within where they feel safe. I want you to know there's potentially options outside of those, but it doesn't mean that that, that that's not safe. But, yeah, if you don't know your options, you don't have any and it's probably one of my favorite quotes um and also in my course again i'm not here to say that there's just one way to hypnobirth your baby but the the quality of the questions you ask yourself and then the quality of the questions you ask your caregivers will determine the quality of the answers you get and if you just go in and you you're 41 weeks and the midwife says to you okay well you know, we need to get this baby out. So we've, we've booked you in for your induction on Tuesday. We'll have you here at nine o'clock instead of just going, okay, well, if that's the only option, then we'll see you Tuesday. But that's not what you want. Then I want to help you and your partner understand and go, well, hang on a second. Can you please explain to us, like, why are you recommending this induction? What's involved with the induction? Is there a medical reason for this induction? that it means that, you know, my baby and I, is this the safest option? Let's fully understand what the induction process looks looks like because induction is a very different kettle of fish to physiological birth. It is not natural. Just because you birth your baby out your vagina, it does not necessarily mean it's a natural birth, okay? And that's where understanding the physiology of our body is so important, but then understanding how these interventions, whoops, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> these interventions um, uh, can inhibit the physiology and actually lead into more interventions which then could lead into a journey that you actually didn't want to take but you didn't if you don't ask the questions then it may not be explained to you so ultimately sorry that was a very long-winded answer no hypnobirthing <laughs> is hypnobirthing is honestly it's just an educational uh, program for you and your partner to come and really understand birth and understand all of your options so that you feel confident in decision making amazing and do you have any tips well i think this is probably one of the most important things you can do when you're pregnant but do you have do you have any tips for the women out there on choosing the right care provider for them Mm. Well, once again, I think it's sitting down and, and actually writing out a whole series of questions so that you can go and interview caregivers. Just because your GP has referred you to one obstetrician doesn't mean that that obstetrician is going to be in in alignment with what you want for your birth. Um, look, look at all of the options in your area. Your public hospital option, do they have a midwifery 
um, continuity of care model program in there. So it's normally called like an MGP program, midwifery group practice. Um, that's where you will get a known midwife and you are assigned a midwife who then follows you through all the way to birth and post six weeks postpartum. Um, I think it's really questions, Kendall, like it's like understanding, well, your public hospital, what's their induction rate? What's their cesarean rate? What's their epidural rate? Um, how far over your estimated due date will they support you before recommending in interventions? And same with private obstetricians. Because if you want to have a natural birth and you've chosen a private obstetrician that has a 90% cesarean rate, which many of them do have high intervention and cesarean rates, um, then maybe that's not the right fit for you. Um, so being able to, to do a bit of research and go and go and meet a couple of, if you want to go private, go and meet quite a few obstetricians and ask them these questions and see how they make you feel. If they make you feel safe, heard, respected after asking these questions and you, you know, you can read someone's energy as well or feel someone's energy. If you, if that's who you would want right there with you, then go off that. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's about doing the research, but questions and I actually have a free resource uh, for anyone that wants to, to, you know, have any of these questions. I've got a whole PDF of questions that you can download off my website. It's under uh, the free resources. Um, that with some hypnobirthing tracks for you as well. So I'll yeah. link that definitely in the show notes and on the Instagram. And I remember coming out of my appointment with my midwife, I got into the MGP program and I didn't necessarily love her as in Mm. as a person I didn't connect with her on the other level but I remember leaving my appointment going I trust her 100% we are 100% aligned in the way we view birth and if she recommended that I needed anything during my birth I would have followed her into battle because she wanted for me the birth that I wanted for myself mm. and I felt very very safe with her and you know, I, I was really happy to have her as a midwife and happy, like I would have trusted anything that she said during my, my labor because, yeah, she was on board 100% of the way she wanted me to have an unmedicated water birth and she lit up when we were having that talk about that. And, mm. and so that's the feeling that I got with my midwife throughout the whole process and and you know even towards the end when I was like 40 weeks pregnant and so over it and I mm. lost my mind a little bit and I was almost begging her for a stretch and sweep idiot I know but no, she was like because I was like please like get this baby out of me and she was like there's <laughs> no way I'm touching you no way I'm not doing that there's no way I'm not I'm not you you're fine you're safe everyone's safe and I went into labor like two days later naturally. yeah like so <laughs> having a good care provider I think is you know that you trust and you mm -hmm. know to help you is probably one of the most important decisions that you can make um, oh it is choosing your caregiver is one of the most important decisions that you're going to make absolutely um so yeah I'm, I'm I just can't recommend enough it just sit down and Think about, you know, what do you want for this birth? I think that's the first question you want to ask for yourself. What do you want for this birth? If you feel like you want to um, have a natural birth, then, okay, well, let what what does that look like to you? Having a known midwife or would you prefer to go private and have a private obstetrician? Because there are some amazing private obstetricians as well who are very mm. women-centred who want you to have the best experience it's not just about their schedule and making sure they have weekends off and and you know they're home by six o'clock do you know what I mean so it's it, it's doing your research understanding all of your options making sure that if you have time to do this before you fall pregnant it will definitely help you so when you do fall pregnant you can apply for these programs straight away because some of them they're not easy to get into you've got to apply pretty much as soon as you pee on that stick and it is a bit of a lottery system which sucks but if you don't know this beforehand which many women don't and that's where it's unfortunate that a lot of the women that 
or parents that do come to my classes, half of them go, I didn't even know that was an option. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's really, really important to choose someone that you've asked the questions, they know what kind of birth that you want and they're on, on they're right there with you wanting to help you achieve that as much as possible and even being able being able to pull you back in when you have moments of going, no, I'm done, I don't want to do this or, yeah. <laughs> you know, to be able to remind you and go, remember, like you've worked for this, like you've got this and having that that person who who believes more in you than sometimes you believe in yourself. One hundred percent. I'm I'm very happy that my midwife um knocked me back and said no, <laughs> I was fine. There was no medical reason for anything, and I was completely fine. So yeah. I'm very happy that I had had that before. Yeah, with her. So thinking of a vaginal delivery, mm-hmm. what do you think would be the absolute best tool to help get through birth? I know you teach a lot of different methods. What's your mm-hmm. favorite one? Breath breathing breath. I knew you were going to say breath work yeah it's like it and it's honestly like when you think about it like oh, we just need to learn how to breathe and breathing calms the nervous system down which in turn calms your your baby down which releases muscle tension which is it becomes a focus like this is this is something that you don't have to pay for this is something that everyone has the capable is capable of doing because we do it unconsciously but we don't remember that this is our own powerful life force and tool that we can have to create experiences in our life or be just become more focused and present in the moment. Um, so, yeah, the breathing, hands down. If I was to only teach one technique for birth, it would be breath work. Yeah, absolutely. And one of your offsiders, I believe she's your co-podcast host, is her, Nicola yeah. Lay, is that her yeah. name? She's yeah. a breathwork instructor, isn't she? she- she is. She is. Yes. She's an amazing woman's breathing um, practitioner and she has, yeah, she's the work that she does is just amazing. That's why we work very closely together and we have clients that will come and do the hypnobirthing and I do teach breath work within the hypnobirthing but she takes you on such a journey. A whole breath. level. So, yeah, she's uh, just amazing. We'll tag her mm-hmm. Instagram and everything in mm-hmm. the show. Um, and then now for all of the listeners, before we wrap up and say goodbye, I definitely want to give them access to what you offer. Can you tell us about what it is that Belly to Birth offers? Yeah, so I teach, it's a, well, it's meant to be like a 12-hour hypnobirthing program, but I, it tends to end up being about 14 hours yeah. because I always, like, <laughs> put so much more in uh, or just, you know, I just share so much because I've, I've got 10 years' experience in doing this and I'm not a midwife, I'm not medically trained, so nothing in my courses should ever be seen as medical advice, but I'm just so passionate about giving you as much information as possible to for you to feel empowered in this experience. So it's a, yeah, it's a like a 14-hour program that I split up either, if you're on the Gold Coast, I do face-to-face classes on the Gold Coast, which um, that's, uh, you did my face-to-face yeah. class. Yeah. 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 Um, and I normally have the option of splitting it up over two Saturdays so it's two full days or I now also have a midweek evening option so that's where we do the course over four like Tuesday nights over four weeks so it's a little bit more spread out Um, and then I also teach live online zoom classes so that's Wednesday nights from 6 p.m till 9 9 30 p.m and I run those classes kind of every most months, like every month. Um, and so that's an opportunity for women outside of the Gold Coast to join? Yeah, yeah. And it's actually like I've I've had parents from the Gold Coast who have done the un- online because it's just so chill. They can just sit in their lounge room. They hook their TV, TV up to their uh, sorry, they hook their laptop up to their TV through a HDMI cable and they're in the comfort of their warm, cosy lounge room and connecting with each other, doing the exact same hands-on techniques. I teach all of that, but just from the comfort of the lounge room. Um, I also have like a mini course. Um, this isn't, it's not a hypnobirthing course, but it's like an introduction to childbirth course. So it's kind of like my top 
information um, and that's the journey to birth online course and that's a self-paced so you just sign up and you get instant access um, so that's more of an affordable option the the hypnobirthing classes are um, around $595 for face-to-face and $550 for online um, so that's a little bit more of an affordable option just with kind of basic information um, and techniques but still valuable um, and then what else Oh, I've got like free, yeah, I've got free webinar that you can sign up to. So that's a really great starting point actually, which will get you thinking. It's actually really good to sit down and watch with your, with your partner. And even if you're not pregnant yet, it's an amazing kind of uh, resource of information to help you understand your options so that when you are pregnant, you're like, right, we know what we want. Let's, let's do this. So yeah, I've got lots of free resources. And then I've got my own podcast, which is called the Nurture Hub Pregnancy and Book pregnancy and birth podcast so you can find that on spotify or um itunes and yeah we've been doing that for a few years now so there's heaps of juicy information on there yes i have listened to a few of the episodes they're amazing and, and like i said before nicola lay your podcast host she's the the birth yeah. work instructor so two very yeah. knowledgeable women there <laughs> you'll have to come and do one of her breathing women's breathing circles with me oh i'm in yeah, um, 100%. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Well, Shari, thank you so much for your time today. I've absolutely loved this episode. I cannot wait to share it with everyone. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I can't wait to see you again and teach you again for baby number two, whenever that's, <laughs> that's going to, if that's on the cards. Yes, it is. Woohoo. I'll be there. <laughs> oh, what a woman. Wasn't that an amazing episode? Thank you so much, Shari, for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom with us. I highly encourage you to check out Shari's courses. If you are a long-term listener, you would have heard her course mentioned a few times, and that is because it truly is the best. She created a very ambient and beautiful space, um, a very safe space to learn all about birth. And I tell everyone I know to go and check it out. Even my husband, who was a non-believer in hypnobirthing, even tells all his mates, yeah, you got to go check out hypnobirthing. (laughs) So I very much so encourage you to check it out. Even if it isn't with Shari and you're in a different spot and want to go face to face, there is a lot of hypnobirthing practitioners out there. So I encourage you to check that out. Thank you so much for tuning in again guys and we'll see you next time on the show the information and opinions presented in this podcast are for educational and entertainment purposes only while i may discuss pregnancy birth and postpartum topics i'm not a medical professional and the information provided should not be construed as medical advice I strongly encourage my listeners to consult with their own healthcare provider before making any changes in your pregnancy and birth journey based on the information you hear on this podcast or elsewhere. Remember, the information provided in this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any health concerns or questions, please seek the guidance of a licensed medical professional. Thanks for listening. Remember, Mama, you're everything that your baby needs and you're doing an amazing job. Mm -hmm.